1: Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliette Jacobs. For nearly 50 years, Greenpeace has been sailing the world's oceans, protecting our planet and fighting for environmental justice. Through the Greenpeace fleet, Rainbow Warrior, Arctic Sunrise and Witness, and also the tireless Greenpeace activists, they have been successful in obstructing nuclear tests in the Pacific, documenting plastics in our oceans, uh, conducting research into the effects of climate change in the Arctic and so much more. And the fleet have even brought humanitarian relief to communities devastated by extreme weather. Weather, and they are fundamental to Greenpeace campaigns. Come mid March, the Rainbow Warrior will be docking here in Malaysia. And today on the show, I'm going to speak about the ship's history and the milestones it has reached through the campaigns that it has carried out. Joining me to do that are Greenpeace Southeast Asia Malaysia officers Yvonne Nathan, she's the digital and media campaigner, and Thing Siu Xuan, she is the senior program manager with Greenpeace Southeast Asia Malaysia office. Welcome, ladies. How are you today?
2: Hi, Julia. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the introduction.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Lovely to have you both on the show. So really excited uh, to hear that uh, the Rainbow Warrior is going to be here in Malaysia. And I really think that uh, more Malaysians need to know about it. Um, Can we start off with a little history uh, about, well, let's talk about uh, Greenpeace and why they have a fleet of ships. You know, what is the whole purpose of having a fleet of ships?
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, um, Our these ships are actually um, kind of an integral part of the campaigns that we run and have kind uh they've been used across the globe from the north and south for the past 50 years uh-huh. um there are about there are three main ships in the fleet um they are called Arctic Sunrise, Rainbow Warrior, which is the one that's coming to Malaysia, and the now retired Esperanza that's been taken over by Witness. Um for the Rainbow Warrior itself, it's been sailing uh, since the 1978, mm-hmm. um, and our current sailing ship has been patrolling the o- world's oceans since 2011. So this this current version is the third Rainbow Warrior ship, actually.
1: Okay, okay. And, you know, it's got, uh, you know, it's got a, quite a huge history to it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stories. Um, any, anything that you can share with us? I mean, the big one, of course, you know, was the fact that the Rainbow Warrior was actually sunk in 1985, right? Uh, and that was by French authorities, you know, it resulted in the death of a photographer on board. Can you tell our listeners that story?
2: Yep, yeah, sure. That was the first version of the Greenpeace Warrior, a uh, rainbow warrior. Uh-huh. And it was moored in uh, Oakland, New Zealand. Um, and it was ready to actually confront uh, French nuclear testing in Marora Atoll. Uh, but um, as you mentioned, uh, it was um, there were two bombs that were planted by uh, French Secret Service agents. And later on, it was confirmed by the French government that the bombing had, uh, they were responsible for the bombing. And um, it sank. The Rainbow Warrior. Unfortunately, um, one of our crew members was
1: killed during that action. Mm-hmm. It, it was basically a criminal act, right? Because uh, what are these French agents doing in New Zealand? And like, you know, it was quite—it's was quite a—it's quite, quite a thrilling case in that sense, right?
2: Yeah, it was actually—they uh, called it um, an attempt to neutralize the ships um, ahead of the plant process. Wow. Um, so there were actually uh, the Secret Service agents actually. Um, had diving gear and they uh, attached the the two bombs um plastic wrapped uh explosives onto the propeller and outer wall of the engine room um and as as I mentioned like the the government at first they actually denied any knowledge of the operation but it soon became obvious that they were involved um so eventually uh the prime Minister the then Prime Minister Lauren Fab- Fabius appeared on television and kind of <laughs> um we stopped, <Fessed> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty
1: much, uh, uh, yeah. This is the phrase that I was looking for. The bombing of the ship has since been described as an act of state-sponsored terrorism.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a state-sanctioned bombing, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And and you know, from what I was reading as well, like you said, lah. Like, you know, they did. Uh, French authorities denied responsibility. Uh, but then the two agents were captured by New Zealand police. They were charged with arson and murder and all of that as well, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, they acted on orders, which was the the most shocking part of it all.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I think, and they didn't, you know, have to go to jail for very long, right? They were, I think, what it was, so from what I read, uh, basically, they were, I think, sentenced to 10 years in prison, um, but they only had to spend two years before they were released by the French authorities, so... Yeah, pretty much we can yeah, see, lah, yeah. right? State sanctioned all the way. And would you know if the yeah. French authorities ever apologised for this? Uh, for this,
2: um, I'm not too sure, but I know that they acknowledged it at least, at the very least. So previously they had, they had denied it, but um, yeah, eventually they did acknowledge that it was state
1: sanctioned. Okay. All right. So yeah, they, they were sentenced to 10 years in prison. They spent two years in the island of Hau before they were freed by the French government. So. Wow, and I think for folks who might be interested to hear more, there is actually a doc- documentary series called "Murder in the Pacific," uh, and that's a series that explores how actually a group of detectives who had never worked on these sorts of international cases actually managed to trace uh, those trained military saboteurs and you know uh, brought them to justice and all of that. So that's something that we can look up, you know, if you'd like to find out more. Um, but for you guys, you know, for you know, as somebody working in Greenpeace, uh, both of you, uh, what do these fleets? Uh, what do these ships actually mean to you guys? You know, Talk to us a little bit about uh, how it represents Greenpeace.
2: Um, yeah, they've actually been like one of the... It's been a forefront for Greenpeace campaigning, actually. It's often used to conduct um, groundbreaking research, as you mentioned, um, and uh, confront polluters and sail to remote regions to bear witness and to take non-violent direct action against um, different forms of environmental destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has been acting as like a unique platform for leaders of today um like today's youth climate movement and communities impacted by climate and nature uh, emergencies um it's basically to give them a stage to uh, that they urgently need at this point um, to help protect their future mm-hmm. uh- um one of the examples would be like in uh last year actually um they sailed uh volunteers across for the united climate justice ship tour in Egypt mm-hmm. um, to bring them to COP27 oh, wow. and help uh, to set the scene for COP28 COP as well.
1: Okay, okay. And um, any, uh, you know, I was reading, they've done so many things, right? Uh, any any other sort of like uh, milestones, uh, you know, from the, the fleet sort of like uh, tours and no, I wouldn't say tours, right, from the fleet sort of like, uh, missions, right? Mission would mission be the right word? Yeah, missions uh, that you can share with our listeners as well. Some of their, I, I, I guess you know, some of the achievements
2: from way back, maybe. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. I think, uh, so, on their first, they went on their first voyage. Actually, they um, they were sailing specifically for um, to oppose the commercial whaling program in Iceland. Um, that was in 1978. But until now, they've had different. They've had a lot of different. Um, they they've, they've championed a lot of the different uh campaigns that we run including um for example the um last year there was also another uh campaign that um was run to um to ban uh, fossil fuel advertisements and sponsorships mm-hmm. in the European Union um against uh for example greenwashing uh that petition was meant to collect a, a, th- a million signatures in a year and on board was also um, Emma Thompson, the uh, actress. Um, yeah, and the crew also uh, sailed, as as I mentioned, to to Egypt, um, to the Mediterranean Sea near Egypt for the climate justice campaign.
1: Okay. All right. So it's got a huge, you know, long list of, uh, and not just the Rainbow Warrior, right? All the all the other ships uh, in the fleet as well. And the really exciting thing, of course, is a Rainbow Warrior is uh, coming to Malaysia again after, I think it was uh, five years, right? The last time it was here for the first time was uh, back in 2018? Yeah, yeah that's correct.
2: And um, yeah, as you mentioned, like the other ships as well, um, for example... Arctic Sunrise actually has its own science lab on board. Mm-hmm. So when it goes to the Arctic regions, um, it kind of documents the scientifically documents the issues that are uh, that are occurring in the,
1: the area as well. Mm-hmm. And there are basic. I mean, who talk to me about the crew who are on uh, who are on these ships, right? So is it a mix of like activists and scientists and yeah, different sorts of people on it?
2: Yep, yep. So currently, um, some of the crewmates on board. Um, uh, Greenpeace, uh, the Rainbow Warrior, um, include some. I think they they usually run on a very uh, lean crew for the Rainbow Warrior, so usually it's about sixteen individuals um, on board, um, and then they of course have some volunteers. And I think uh, in the the current one has also a volunteer from Taiwan, and um, some of their uh, deckhands also include people from Southeast Asia. So that's quite, yeah.
1: <laughs> Okay, all right. So so it's a lot of different work, right? So it's activism, it's also scientific work, it's documentation. Um, yeah, so there's, there's quite a lot uh, sailing on these ships as well. <laughs> Sorry, very bad pun there. But um, let's talk now about, you know, Rainbow Warrior coming to to Malaysia. So uh, the ship will dock on the 18th and 19th of March. Uh, well, on the 18th, I suppose, right? That's when visitors can first come. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what this whole tour is about. You know, what is it meant to do? Uh, Sushan, maybe you want to take that one?
0: Okay, yeah, we, I, will, I will talk about a little bit why the ship is here. So uh, we hope to promote climate justice by providing a platform to raise uh, public awareness and at the same time, we hope to build solidarity and support the local communities. So uh, normally when we talk about climate justice, it seems like a very um, difficult term to understand. Um, but uh, what is climate justice means? Uh, maybe we can we can first look at what is uh, climate injustice. For example, what happened in uh, in Johor recently, last few last few days, we can see that um, uh, the death toll is rising and also more than 35,000 people have been evacuated from their homes. And what happened in, in the last two years, uh, you can see that a, a lot of uh, disaster, natural disaster is getting worse because of climate change also. So it proved that we need to do something urgently to tackle all these uh, environmental injustice. And the climate justice is uh, the climate crisis is not only affecting Malaysians um um through all these extreme weather changes uh which has resulted in loss of lives and loss of homes and livelihoods and uh actually it impacted many of us in many ways from air pollution haze and also plastic pollutions all these continue to threaten our health and also environment. Apart from all these natural disasters, they are they are getting worse because of the human cause, um, from deforestation and also forest degradation. All these are happening secretly and openly, and not to say that um, we are relying on fossil fuel and also single use plastic heavily in our daily life. So are we doing enough justice to the vulnerable uh, communities in in these um, I mean um, disaster prone areas? Because all these people are actually uh, the one who are affected and they need to face this again and again. Can you imagine that last December they are they are fred with victims uh, in in a lot of places and now it's already entering March. We assume that this should be the dry season, but it's raining every day. Yeah. And and all those with teams is has to face the same thing again and again. They have they has they have to be displaced from their home. Um. When they are thought that now it's dry season and. And there shouldn't be blood. Yeah. So uh, what we are trying to address here is to to bring out the message, uh, the message uh, so that the public can be aware of what is happening and our government is not doing enough, um, the system is not doing enough to address the climate injustice.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely I, so so again like um there's a lot of things planned uh for this particular tour right there are um there are public forums i mean of course there's going to be the open boat, boat tours we'll talk about that a little bit later but let's talk a little bit about the public forums uh so that's happening on i think there's one forum uh, on each day pretty much so on the 18th of march there's the uh Suhakam air pollution report forum can you tell us a little bit about that okay as
0: you, as many of us may know that greenpeace power report um but a complaint uh, to Swakam in 2021. So Swakam hold the roundtable table uh, consultation since um, then. And recently can come up with a series of recommendations and compiling it into a report that's uh, going to be uh, tabled or going to be presented in the parliament soon. So um we have been uh, followed up with Swakam uh, on this matter closely. We invited them to launch their report during our trip work. So um, there will be a discussion about the solutions to air pollution through human human rights perspective, and we will also highlight the role of big corporations and government government in terms of how to tackle air pollution and also transboundary haze. So it's just not uh, it's not the launch of report itself. There will be a forum to discuss about the clean air
1: and also air pollution. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you've got a whole lineup of speakers, I'm sure, coming for this as well.
0: Yeah, there will be representatives from Sohakam and Khujayao,
1: uh, and also Dr. Helena. Dr. Helena, Vaki. okay. Chara. Uh, from yeah. Chera, okay. All right.
0: Chara.
1: Okay, and again, that's open to the public. And um, then on the nineteenth of March, there's the Climate Justice Forum, and that I think the the topic on or the focus of that will be on uh, deforestation.
0: We are happy that. Um, the Minister of uh, Natural Resources and Environment and Climate Change, uh, YB Nick Nasmi, has agreed to, to attend this forum to explain about the development of the Climate Change Act, which, she said, uh, which uh, has been delayed or postponed uh, recently, as he announced in the parliament. So uh, apart from uh, YB Nick Nasmi, uh, there will be representative from Business Council for Sustainable Development, Tan Hazel, and another activist, Shaq Goyo, and um, Adam, Adam Fahran from RIMBA Disclosure Project will be, will be attending as panellists as well during the Climate Justice Forum. So um, during this forum, we will talk, uh, we'll talk about deforestation. What is the relation between the climate and also forests? And we hope to look into the um, structural issues and also the challenges of our forests in Malaysia mm-hmm. and what happened, what happened to the forests and what what happened to the definition of the forest, and also
1: forest and cover, also, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Forest cover, and how how can we what can we do to stop deforestation? So all these are the things that uh we hope to cover during the forum.
1: Okay, all right. So quite a quite a stellar lineup of uh, guests for that one as well. And then on the following week, on the twenty fifth of March, there is the Plastics in a Circular Economy Forum. Who have you got? Uh, what's planned for that?
0: So, as you know, that plastic is one of the key focus of Greenpeace Malaysia. Um, basically, we are talking about um, reduce, reduce, not too much about recycle, because we, we thought that recycle actually is a false solution in many ways. And and in this forum, we would like to highlight redesigning the system also. So, um, we have invited uh, Mahes from Sabah Alam Malaysia, and also uh, Umi, uh, one Umi Khartoum from and also the representative uh, Johnson Yoon from uh, Malaysian Plastic Manufacturer Association. So you can see that uh, we invited uh, stakeholders from different areas and we would like to uh, create a dialogue to discuss about the solutions to the plastic to plastic pollution in general. Uh, we would we would like to connect all these players, although they come from different backgrounds, and we also want to highlight the roles of cooperation. Uh, in terms of plastic pollution and what they can do actually to tackle the issues. And we hope to we hope that more public can come to can come and uh take part in this in this forum so that uh, they can also raise their concerns about the plastic pollution and also how how we can move forward when we see that recycling is not working.
1: Mm.
0: In fact, yeah, then we need we really, really need to think about redesigning in terms of packaging or single-use plastic, whatever you call it. And also, we really, really need, into, uh, need to look into the waste management policy and also 3R practices in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And we know that there, there is a law already since uh, 2015. There's a law require us to segregate our waste at source. But <laughs> but I'm not sure. Uh, we're,
1: or both, maybe, we're both yeah. giggling because we know it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. All, all three of us are giggling because we know it's not happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there are a lot of issues. Um, uh, not just about plastic. It's uh, in, eventually, it's about the system or, and the policy of the waste management. So we hope you hope that during this forum, we can work to uh we, we can talk about solutions together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful, yeah. right? Not 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 so much talking about the problems, but let's come up with solutions, right? We all know the problems already. Yep. Okay, all right. So those are the. Those are the forums that are planned. Uh, but you know, folks can also just come and uh, have a look at the at the boat. Right? There's a tour. Uh, there's going to be, I think, uh, tour sessions, uh, very informative ones as well. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you know, for for just maybe if you want to bring your kids, you know, just to expose them to it, what will they experience when they come for the tour? So um, the the the
2: boat will there will actually be an open boat on um, March 18, 19, 25th, and 26th people will be invited on board to to check out um, some of the main highlights of the ship, which include like the bow, the bridge and helideck. And there are a lot of elements of history within the boat itself. Um, I mean, one of the things that you could uh, look forward to is meeting Dave the dolphin. Yes. uh, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there will also be a green carnival um, before heading onto the boat. The carnival will have a little bit of um, history of Greenpeace internationally as well as in Southeast Asia. So we've been uh Greenpeace has been around for 50 years now and celebrated its 50th anniversary on the on 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh Greenpeace uh Southeast Asia celebrated theirs in 2020. And um yeah, so that will be some interesting history as well. And um a little bit about the uh rainbow warrior itself um it's uh it's also one of the first ships that we have that's been uh, designed and built specifically for greenpeace so it's one of the most energy efficient ships on the high seas today um yeah it's a sail ship actually so it's largely um wind powered (laughs) Mm. uh yeah and that's uh yeah and apart from that at the Green Carnival itself, you you can also kind of visit um some of the campaigns that we're uh, we're working on um and we've currently been working on and that we have been working on. So in, uh, for example, the imported plastic waste trade that we um that is still uh, an issue today, um, as well as the air pollution and haze issue, which I think will also be covered on the in the forum. Um yeah. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: plastic, okay. So, uh, sorry. Apart from that, um, um, we we will be promoting vegetarian and vegan at the food court also. Um, as you know that um, eating uh, taking taking uh, less meat or go veggie or go vegan is a kind of um, low carbon lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, we have um, coalition or we have friends who are helping us with uh, with this promotion. So are, any members of public who visited our group or who I mean, who sign up for the ship they where will, they will get the opportunity to taste or to eat those um, tasty and delicious vegan and vegetarian food. It's not as boring as most of the people talk. <laughs>
1: Come try something new, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and get it from the people who know, you know, who can give you advice on where to get the good stuff. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's healthy too. <laughs> it's healthy too. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's happening um throughout uh, those two weekends, isn't it? So it's really quite like a quite like a almost like a festival sort of um feel to it, right? And it's uh you know and anyone can come. Children, it's 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 quite child friendly as well, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only thing that um we request this to have anybody 18 and below, uh, below 18 to come with an adult or you know just to come accompanied um and um unfortunately like the 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 risks of getting on the boat as well it has to be borne by um the individuals okay. but i mean of course there'll be security um briefings and things like that before getting onto the boat onto the ship
1: okay and i'm guessing you know because you know based on what you've mentioned you know it must be a low uh, sorry, you know, we should probably bring our own sort of reusable bottles and containers and things like that, right? For the festival, for the uh, yeah, bazaar and stuff.
2: just about to say that, yeah. Okay, um, okay, sorry, please sorry. Do bring your, no, no, <laughs> Um, Yeah, please do bring your reusable bottles and uh, containers and also an umbrella just in case it rains or it's too hot. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: And, you know, it's sort of just like very practical things like, you know, where to park and things like that. I mean, if we go to the Greenpeace website, will that kind of information be there?
2: Yes, um we do have an FEQ, but okay. um also uh we, we would recommend um coming by public transportation as well. Uh the uh KTM Plabohan Klang station is like a three minute it's right opposite the um the venue.
1: Okay, so KTM commuter would be a good way. To find the nearest station to you and, and head to the uh Pelabohan Klang stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. But very importantly, uh you do need to register. Uh you can't just kind of rock up, right? So you do need to register. Uh, and I believe you guys have a uh, a listing on eventbrite.com, right? Just search for the Greenpeace Ship Tour in Malaysia twenty twenty three, right? Yes,
2: yes, exactly.
1: Okay, all right. Any any other considerations that people need to yeah, people need to take note of, you know, uh before they come for the tour?
2: Um, n- I think not really. I think, uh, like in terms of, um, dress code, there is none. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, be comfortable. Okay. <laughs> Remember not to wear heels because, you know, it's going to be, uh, difficult. It might be difficult to get on the ship. Okay.
1: All right. And and I-, I forgot to mention this, you know, you will have quite a few of the Greenpeace rock stars are there as well, isn't it? So, uh, I think Yep Sanyo is going to be there. I mean, the, obviously the captain of the ship also is going to be there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Yep will be, uh, joining us. Yep Sanyo is the, um, Greenpeace, Southeast Asia Executive Director. And our captain this time around is Pep barbel Um he's from Spain and he's um yeah. I think he's uh, he's he's a good character. Okay.
1: But you get to meet them, you know, and, you know, hopefully hear some stories, you know, um, it'll be wonderful. I think it's a really good thing, especially for children. I think it will be a really uh, eye-opening experience for them. So um, thank you, Greenpeace, you know, for bringing the <laughs> bringing the ship back to Malaysia after five years. Sounds really, really exciting. So um, I guess, you know, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with about why they should come, you know, why they should consider coming, uh, yeah, for this, uh, for the uh, to to see the uh, ship tour in Malaysia, the Greenpeace ship tour in Malaysia.
0: Um, for me, I think uh, if you really, really care about uh, the future of our children and what and what will be, what will happen to our air quality and also what will happen to our surrounding environment, when you care about this, you will think of the waste or the plastic and also um, the climate. Just join our forums, and you can hopefully you can you can get more information from the forum, and and as a participant, you should also tell us or tell the panelists about your concern. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of uh, public participation. Okay. Yeah. And we hope that everybody who visited the ship tour, uh, will enjoy the weekends
1: as a family day also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Yvonne, what about for you?
2: Um, yeah, uh, from my side, I think, um, I mean, the ship is a symbol of hope for peace. So it's kind of um, a, a place that we can kind of start building that community, that and strong environmental community, and I hope that we can um, share that with everyone as well. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think also it's important to note that you know, Greenpeace, you know, you're completely nonviolent. Uh, you know, this is not some ship that kind of you know goes and yeah, it's, it's it's all not. Yeah, it's we're all, not pirates. you are not pirates. You know, it's all very peaceful sort of protests, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah so. exactly. So that's one of our core values, which is uh, violent direct action.
1: Yeah. So you so know, if nonviolence okay alright so definitely uh, do come and uh, do go and visit uh, the Rainbow Warrior when it uh, drops anchors again at Port Klang so that's again I'm just going to repeat those dates uh, for the public you know you can head there on the 18th and 19th of March or the 25th and 26th of March um, just head to Eventbrite just, uh, if that's eventbrite.com search for the Greenpeace ship tour in Malaysia and you really need to book your tickets fast I hear they're going very very quickly so do block a C off or block a place off there for yourself and your family. Uh, my thanks to both of you for uh, joining me today. Thank thanks. you. Yes, my absolute pleasure. I was speaking to Things Xuan, a senior program manager with Greenpeace Southeast Asia Malaysia office, and Yvonne Nathan, the digital and media campaigner also with Greenpeace Southeast Asia Malaysia office. We were talking about the Rainbow Warrior uh, docking right here in uh, in Klang, uh, just coming up very soon. If you miss any part of our chat today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my/earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the bigger picture, BFM
0: 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast